Hola, bienvenido al escritorio australiano. Hang on, hang on. Episodio. Hang on, Grant. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Just click the translate back. Put it in Rob Mark mode. Oh, sorry, man. I had it in the wrong Google Translate mode for the website, dude. Yes, we might talk a little bit about Rob Mark picking on us later and and eating. I have some suggestions for him a bit later in this segment. But welcome, folks, to the Australia Desk. And that is the Australia Desk in English, in the Queen's English, sort of. Mostly. For episode 275. Grant, how are you, mate? Yeah, not bad, mate. Sorry, dateline, uh, 18th of November, 2013. <clears throat> yes, okay, English. Mate, was that me being a bit of a drip? It could be, drip. Oh, well, you know, drip is the word of the week this week in aviation news, and it looks like there's a new term around that I've never heard of called drip pricing, and it looks like Tiger Air and Jetstar are coming under notice for just this practice. That's right, mate. The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, a.k.a. the ACCC, are currently examining whether or not drip pricing equates to false representation or possibly misleading or deceptive conduct under Australian consumer law. This is the bit where you go to the website of Jetstar or Tiger and go, oh, yes, I'll take that $50 flight. But it automatically selects extras that double the return fare, in some cases from $78 to $155, or for Tiger, when you add such things such as uh, sports equipment, traveling with a baby, sitting in an exit row, uh, it suddenly starts going above $123.90, almost triple the uh, advertised fare. And in many cases, these are just automatically added, you know, bags, carry-ons, seating, oxygen masks, breathing, well, etc. You know, it occurs to me, mate, that they possibly have finally been listening to our segment because we've been banging on about this stuff for about five years. Mate, I tell you, ancillary revenue is the big profit section for these, uh, <clears throat> shall we say, discount value airfares, uh, you know, well, low-cost carriers. They're not really that low-cost, but uh, I did actually have an off-the-record chat with a lady at the 787 arrival for Jetstar the other day, and she said, oh, yes, I'm with ancillary revenue. And I went, aha, the profit center for Jetstar, and she just smiled knowingly. <laughs> mm, dear. Well, it says here in this article in the Australian.com.au that uh, under Section 18 of the Australian Australian consumer law, misleading and deceptive conduct is prohibited. And the ACCC, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, which oversees all of these sorts of issues, is assessing whether drip pricing is a false representation under ACL and also under Section 29 of that Act. So uh, this uh, that law requires a, uh, a single price to be provided. So it gets a little bit uh, bogged down in legalistic and talking about clauses and sections and so on and so forth. But you know what? I, I would think that everybody would appreciate it, even if it made the fair look on, you know, on the surface of things a bit more expensive when they're advertising it. So what? It costs that much anyway and uh, everybody's going to be on a level playing field anyway once they uh, put all their prices and extras and fees and charges in anyway. So let's just be a little bit more honest about the way we price these flights. I think everybody uh, here in Australia and I I know this happens in uh, all around the world I think everybody as a consumer would be much more appreciative if the airlines would just be a little bit more honest about things at times. That's the one mate but uh, you know honesty in aviation that's going to be a very interesting topic because Warren Truss, the recently elected in with the new government uh, Minister for Infrastructure and Regional Development, uh, therefore covering aviation, has, as he promised to do during the run-up to the election, launched his Aviation Safety Regulation Review. Yes, interesting. And we see an article here in AustralianAviation.com.au that uh, Warren Truss says here in in launching his review that aviation activity is expected to double in the next 20 years. The industry is a vital part of our economy and we must ensure that it's supported by a regulatory system that delivers the highest levels of safety. And it's interesting and we're seeing with the Civil Aviation Safety Authority of late that a lot of uh, proposed uh, changes 
to laws uh, are coming around and being mooted, which, you know, some of them I think are quite good and some of them are causing, you know, some concern around the industry. So it's good to see that they're looking at these things and hopefully trying to modernise some of the laws and make them a little bit more relevant and hopefully improve safety. Well, that's the big goal, mate. Uh, this also comes on the heels of the uh, recent investigation into Pell Air where there was a Senate inquiry where it was uh, found that CASA withheld information to the ATSB and generally that the uh, results of the safety investigation was pretty much a witch hunt against the pilot and absolutely nothing was made of the uh, information indicating that uh, CASA allowed the aviation organisation that the pilot was flying for to operate incorrectly and uh, get away with some things that it shouldn't have, all this kind of stuff. So it's going to be a big dose of salt. So uh, we're expecting that they're going to look at air services who have had a number of issues related to air traffic controllers under a lot of pressure, working more hours, not getting the training they need, being thrown onto sectors a bit, bit early, things like that. Uh, we've had a few incidents that relate to controller training, which uh, is possibly indicative of bad management practices in there is what the scuttlebutt is on about. So they'll probably be looking into that. They'll definitely be looking into um, the way CASA and the ATSB operate. Uh, and of interest is the whole review is to be headed by David Forsyth, current chair of Safe Skies Australia and ex-Qantas. Yeah, interesting. There's some big names in the aviation industry when it comes to the safety side of things, including David Forsyth. I note also, Grant, that uh, Don Spurston, former Director General of Civil Aviation at Transport Canada and former Director General of the International Business Aviation Council, uh, is also going to be part of that board, along with some other people that have been high up in British Airways and uh, some other uh, really uh, high-ranking uh, posts from around the world. So this is a, a sounds like a pretty serious thing, and you know, let's hope it's a uh, positive thing for aviation in this part of the world. Indeed. Well, as our friend Ben Sandilands has been commenting many times, uh, this kind of thing is required. He's uh, often noted that the uh, the ATSB and uh, CASA could do with a little bit more opening up and a little bit more commentary, um, a little bit more communication to the public of when they're doing investigations and so on, much in the way as the NTSB and the FAA do in the USA. How is that for a bunch of acronyms? Boy, you, you've really uh, you've really done well with that today, mate. Now, uh, while we're talking about things that you know much more about than me, and uh, you know, including acronyms, let's talk about all things share market, which I know very little about. But uh, tell me, mate, uh, what's Virgin been up to? They're in a uh, trading hold. What's going on? Uh, mate, they're uh, seeking a $350 million income via a rights issue. Now, a rights issue is where you get the opportunity to purchase five new shares for every existing 14 shares you currently hold. So if you've got 28 shares, you're allowed to buy up to 10. Now, what's expected to happen is that the major shareholders and strategic partners, such as, oh, let's see, Air New Zealand, Singapore Airlines, Etihad Airways, and of course, Branson, are likely to... Uh pick up uh, most of these uh, extra shares and uh, they're also kind of hoping that a number of the uh, smaller shareholders won't be able to stump up the money to get them, allowing the uh, major shareholders to go, well, we'll take theirs as well to help put the $350 million into Virgin Australia, which will allow it to expand, buy more aircraft, do more stuff, and also mean that the major shareholders wind up with even more of the uh, airline. And this is fueling a number of people to think that, hey, uh, Virgin might be about to delist and go private, take itself off the stock market, which means suddenly it doesn't have to do regular updates to the market. Uh, being a public company, you must uh, divulge lots of information in advance that could have a material impact on your share price. If they go private, no more need to do that. Whereas, of course, Qantas is a public uh, airline. They have to keep doing things for shareholders in public. They have to keep making announcements to the stock market. Virgin won't have to do that if they're private, which means suddenly they can keep uh, their cards a lot closer to their chest and not report as much 
information. Okay, and just finishing off this week, let's talk a, a little bit about uh, defence activities this week. And, of course, the big news in uh, around the world, I guess, but uh, particularly in this part of the world, was the devastation caused in the Philippines by uh, Typhoon Haiyan. And uh, amongst uh, many other agencies around the world, the uh, Royal Australian Air Force has been uh, quite active in uh, transporting uh, supplies, relief supplies and medical uh, personnel, all that sort of thing, to the uh, area of Tacloban, uh, which is good. Uh, C-130J Hercules aircraft and also some of our uh, C-17s have been heading up that way and doing a lot of work. That's right, mate. They've been kept pretty busy and they're being supported by an RAAF mobile air load team, air aircraft security operations team and the aeromedical evacuation specialists. So great to see our folks jumping into the fore to help out. Uh, we're pretty good at doing that and it's one of the reasons we actually bought so many C-17s. Uh, that's Sorry, David, that's so many for us. There was a story that we could get away with three, maybe four. We've gone to five. I know, I know, it's nothing. But for us, it's a lot. And so they've, uh, they, that was a major driver for getting the C-17 was humanitarian response Absolutely. in the uh, Asia-Pacific area. Now, before we go, Grant, I noticed that while Rob Mark was, you know, picking on us like he always does last week, he was eating. Do you reckon he was eating? I reckon no, he was I, chewing on something. It was either that or his false teeth were going back. Oh, did I say that? Sorry, mm, old boy. Maybe he was eating Tim Tams. You know, Grant, here, would you like some of this? Hmm. Oh, mate. Does, does that look like a nice piece of chocolate cake or what? Oh, that looks fantastic. Yes, you can have some of my second prize winning at the Lilydale oh. show here in Melbourne. Dude, dude. I've had a couple of weeks off work and I put them to, I put them to you know, good use. <laughs> Kathy has has got a new Padawan, huh? Unbelievable. Yes, well, of course, uh, people may not know, my wife uh, likes to cook in competitions and wins, you know, eight million rewards a year for, the, for it. <laughs> and I've won one. <laughs> <laughs> she blitzes the competition. You've got your first award, and it's a scrummy, delicious chocolate cake. Why am I not surprised? Oh, fantastic. I won an award for chocolate cake, and I won a medal in karate a month ago. It's been a very successful year for me, Grant. Oh, mate, right. I'd better go out there and win something of my own. Hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. A podcast award. That's what we should win. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Um, weirdest podcast, strangest, most translation required. I don't know. What could we go for? Yeah, I think all of those. Anyway, we'll talk to you next week, folks. Until then, I'm Steve Vischer. Y yo soy Grant. Yeah, and that's him. Cheers, folks. <laughs>